Did you know that you can live a life that's even better than the highest rank your company has to offer? My name is Emily Gibson. I'm a master network marketer and a certified life coach. There is more beyond the rank. And if you're willing to go with me, I can show you how. Let's go. It's Friday. Happy, happy day. We got swabbed in the nose today. (laughs) We leave for Mexico on Tuesday. So this will be our last call together until September 16th. We have people scheduled for the 16th and the 17th. I try to send email reminders to our people who have signed up. I'm about 50% good and 50% not good. So, you know, (laughs) 50-50. But when people don't show up, it works out for those of you who are on the call live because then I get to pull from you and you get to be coached on the fly, which is fun. So if you are all caught up on our episodes, you get a break for the next week to just coach yourself. And the way that you do that is you can just take a piece of paper and blank piece of paper. This is how I do it. And I just write a C T F A. And then I leave a space because there's always a lot in our action line. Isn't there? We always We want a lot in our action line because it tells us, right? And then R. And the way that, the reason why this is so useful is everything that you've absorbed for the last two months, right? Six weeks or so. A lot of times we can just listen and listen and listen and and we love it. It makes us feel so good to listen and hear other people coach. And we self-coach ourselves when we're listening to other people be coached, right? It's truly the best way to get coaching is to coach yourself as you listen to someone else be coached. And so what I want you to do for the next week and a half that we don't have daily calls because I'm on vacation is once a day, I challenge you to put a model into put, do a thought model on one of your thoughts. And if you're like, oh my gosh, Emily. This is going to be like, I don't know what my thoughts are. I have no thoughts because that's what happened to me when I first started doing this. I was like, I don't know. I don't even know. My thoughts are so, they're so dramatic. I'm so dramatic. I don't even have good thoughts to be coached on. So just if that happens to you, be like, oh yeah, that's totally normal. Emily said that's totally normal, right? And so then what you'll start doing is you'll start listening to your brain and you'll like be walking around your house and you'll be like, oh, the room's so messy. (gasps) I got a thought. And then you'll like go run and write it down. Like I just had like a, I had kept a, when I first started doing this, I kept an open notebook sitting in my kitchen, sort of like how, um, like I used to, when I was like, this is years ago (laughs) when I was trying to get a scripture habit a little bit more part of my daily thing, I would leave my scriptures open on my kitchen counter so that every time I walked by, I'd be like, oh, so easy. Just read a couple of verses, turn the page. Here we go. Right. And so with my thought coaching, I thought, okay, I want to coach myself once a day, at least once a day on one thought. Right. And this daily practice of putting a thought into the model. 
circumstance, thoughts, feelings, actions, results is going to make you just take your, take this to a whole other level. And I know it's uncomfortable, but what if it's just fun too? It could totally be fun too, right? And then you can bring your thought models that you do, even if you only do one, but if you do like, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine, if you do like 12 of them or six or three, if you're doing one every day while we're apart, you are going to have some awesome stuff to bring to coaching at the end of September and through October, right? It's going to be so amazing. It'd be so fun. Okay. So I'm going to give you some tips on how to know which goes into what line so that you can practice and just know that it doesn't have to be perfect. And when I first started doing this for myself, I had like four pages of just thoughts. And I was like, I don't know how to fill in the rest, but I'm just going to write my thoughts down and I'll get to it later. So just know there's no rules really. And you can just, even if all you did is write down one thought a day and you're like, it's too much, Emily, it's too intimidating. I can't fill out a a complete model. Then you're going to have like, 14 thoughts written down. So you could like be coached 14 times. Wouldn't that be awesome? Be so awesome. So we're just going to be aware of our thoughts and write thoughts down. And then if you want to like take it a step further, put them into a model and your model, it can be wrong. Like you can bring me a model and, um, and you can be like, it's all wrong. Like in your mind, it could be wrong. And then you can say, okay, So this is what I had for my circumstance. This is what I had for my thought. This is what I had for my feeling. This is what I had for my action. This is what I had for my result. And then we can put it through like the litmus test (laughs) and we can, we can look at it and we can be like, oh, is that a circumstance? I feel lonely or is that a thought or like we can like play with it. And I just, I'm so excited to do this with you when I get home. So I hope that you'll do it because it will enhance your experience and understanding and everybody else's too. Okay, so how do you know if it's a circumstance? A circumstance, I'm gonna write in a different color pen because I don't think the purple or the magenta is gonna show up as well. So I'm gonna switch to black. I'm too close for missiles. I'm switching to guns. Name that movie. Anyone? Anyone? In the comments? Just me? Am I the only one that knows it? Okay, I'm going to give you the answer now. It's Top Gun, the greatest movie of all time, besides Dirty Dancing. Okay, perfect. I'm I'm glad some of us, some of you are like, what? What's that? And others of you are like, your mom let you watch that racy show? <laughs> okay, <clears throat> so the circumstance is neutral. It's where all the boring facts are. It's where all the boring facts are. Okay. It has to be something that can be proved in a court of law. There's no emotions here. There's no opinions here. It's just like the super boring stuff. There's nothing juicy. If there's ever anything juicy, we know we've moved into the thought line. So a thought is where the juicy stuff is. The juicy drama Now, there's one exception to this. If you have something that you encounter, for example, she said to me, 
I don't like your outfit. And it hurt my feelings. The circumstances, she said in quotations, you would literally write, she said, and then put it in quotes, I don't like your outfit. So it's in quotes. So any we can we can put what people say if we have the direct quote. We can put what people say in the circumstance line as long as we have the direct quote, okay? And we just say, she said, <laughs> then we have to have the direct quote. And then our brain encounters it and has a thought. So your thought might be in that situation, it hurt my feelings. So that's what you'd put in your, your thought line, the juicy drama. It hurt my feelings. The only thing that cannot go in the thought line is a question. Sometimes when I first started, I was like, oh yeah, my thought is what if everything falls apart? What if no one does my, what if no one does my training? What if no one likes it? That's not the thought. That's a question. Let yourself answer the question and that goes in the thought line. Because whatever question you ask yourself, your brain answers it with a thought. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So the thought is the juicy drama. What our brain tells us is happening. Then the feeling. It's a one word emotion. One word emotion. Now you might be tempted to say something like, when, when you ask yourself, well, how am I feeling? Well, I'm just feeling like she shouldn't be doing this. That's a thought. She shouldn't be doing this is a thought. An emotion is a one word emotion, like sad, angry, overwhelmed, happy, excited, confident, indifferent, anxious, a one word feeling. And if you're like, well, I'm feeling anxious, and I'm feeling sad, then you ask yourself, which one is most intense? If I had to pick one, we want to just pick one emotion, right? And then the action is, what do I do? What am I doing or not doing? What am I doing? Or not doing, in parentheses, avoiding. And then a result, no one can be in our result line but ourselves. So the way to get the result line, and this was actually the most difficult thing for me to master, is it's an I statement. I fill in the blank. And it's always, if you're like, I don't know what it is, that's fine. You can just leave the R line blank. And then I can help you with it when you come to coaching again. That's okay. You don't have to know. Sometimes it takes me a couple of hours to figure out what my R line is. But the way that I always like to try is I look at the T line that said, you know, she shouldn't have said that about me. My result is 
I'm thinking it about me. I'm not liking me. So it's something, an I statement about me that's literally a direct reflection of our thought line. It always appears in our result line, but it's something I, like I'm, I hurt me or I don't like me, something like that. Or I'm, I'm the one who is not getting something done or something like that. Okay. Don't get too hung up on making this perfect. I know the type A overachievers are like, I have to get a perfect model. It's going to be done and I'm going to be so frustrated. And then it'll be so fun because then you can run a model on that. You can be like in my action line, (laughs) not getting the R line or not getting the circumstance. And then you can run a model on that. And you're like, oh gosh, you lost me, Emily. I know it's fine. You don't have to know anything. Just try and get those thoughts and then listen to this back again. If you want to, if it's something that you're like, no, no, this is cool. I want to start to figure this out and then go easy on yourself. Okay. All right. So now you have that lesson. Now you're going to be able to sort of start this process of self-coaching yourself using the model. Or if you just cannot do the model and it's frustrating you, then just do a free write. Just write what you're going through. If something happens to you and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so upset by this. And I just feel really sad. And then just write about it and then bring it to coaching. It's going to be so amazing. I can't wait. Okay. First up today is going to be Brenda. Of course it is. (laughs) You're ready. Don't be me. Don't be me. I'm only like four episodes in on the podcast and I'm still (laughs) learning. And of course you're like, Brenda. And I'm like, "Mm." it's perfect because you never have to come to coaching prepared. Never. I'm always going to do the heavy lifting for you. And you can always be rest assured that whatever it is you're dealing with, everyone else on the call is relating to you. It's magical. Okay. They're not going to be relating to this. I promise. We're ready. You're going to say, pick one thing, but literally all three things are very intertwined. Okay. Brace your loins. I'm ready. ready? I'm ready. All right. So it's plexus, marriage, and my health. And they're all literally intertwined. Okay. You ready? Ready. Been doing plexus seven and a half years. I have a crazy health testimony, which you probably might know about. And it made my business literally skyrocket. Nobody was doing health back in 2014. And then it blew up. And I went pretty fast and I was well-known. Also, I forgot to put in the disclaimer. I'm adopted. Adopted kids kind of come with abandonment issues automatically. Also, my therapist likes to call me the most self-aware person she's ever met. So, and um, with that health testimony, I was just getting tons and tons of people. Back in 2014, I was senior gold in four months. It was awesome. I hit Ruby by 2015. Like it took me nine months. I was like, great. And then the surgeries started. And since that time, 
I have had 13 surgeries in seven and a half years. And pretty much what happened is I've probably personally sponsored um, 200 people. I'm a red, almost tied with blue personality. Um, Matthew on which, Aaron. On which color code? I, well, white. I don't know what that question means. Is it like the color code? Does it have, do the colors have just four colors? Red, yes. blue, green, and yellow? Yes. Or is it, so it's the one with the green in it? Yes. Or not the one with the white? No. I've okay, so you're using, you're talking about the MLM color code. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that okay. Texas, like Matthew Aaron pushed it so for, out. So for point. people, for people who don't know what that is, a red is someone that's motivated by power, control, money, uh, achievement, very, right. um, you know, all of that. And then a right. blue in that color right. code fun. is fun, travel, mm-hmm. fashion, right. uh, life of the party, social, all of that. Okay, go ahead. So I'm a red almost tied with blue. Um, I'm very self-motivated and, but I tend to gather yellows, um, which a lot of times tend to be followers. Yeah. Which would mean someone that is motivated by service for others and, Mm -hmm. um, they like to be led or, you know, yeah, just speaking in this particular color code, there are other ones, uh, but doesn't matter because they all describe the traits of it. And really, this is just to give Emily some backstory really quickly. And what's so Um, fun, what's so fun about this, you guys, and Brenda, you're going to see this, or maybe you already know already, is Brenda thinks she's telling me all these facts about her, but really she's just giving me a bunch of thoughts, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that's what I'm doing to get you in my mindset. And I love it. Keep going. Right. And so, and a little bit more backstory is I've been doing online socializing for 22 years. Um, and Facebook happened to be the place where all these different places merged. And so I had a team literally scattered around the United States. I have them in Canada, 2015 rollout. Oh my gosh, I lost a huge Canadian leg. I had somebody in England and then we quit shipping to England. Like there's been all of these issues, but what really happened was the surgeries. Mm -hmm. And without this red personality with all these yellow personalities that have literally followed me from around the internet and me being down constantly surgery after surgery after surgery and no one to pick up and signing all of these hundreds of people, not once people are always like, it's a numbers game. No, it's not. It's not. I've (laughs) never, I've had maybe two runners. Nobody ever even got to gold. My cousin's wife quit because she didn't do the math right in the first iPad giveaway. And she was five cents short. It was her own fault. So she quit. And I was like, okay, bye. And, um, so when the surgery started, I could not maintain, I've only ever really been a strong senior gold. The highest points I ever got were 528 and that was 2016. And in 2016, more my jaw, um, my jaws were um, transplant. I have titanium jaws. And that's when the massive surgery started. First backstory, second backstory. 
my husband and I do not combine bank accounts. And he's kind of, he's my third husband, also met him online, kind of long story, retired Master Sergeant Virgo, bunch of power play here. And he uses that. And when I started making, I'm, I used to be on disability. I am still on disability because of tax write-offs, but he uses that as a power play move. And when I started making income with Plexus, the sh- power in the house shifted because for the first time I actually had income. Well, as my <laughs> business started to dwindle, the power shifted back because I needed to rely on him again. But now I had some bills because I started taking on credit card debt because everybody was like, oh my gosh, you're growing so fast. You'll be a diamond by the end of the year. And my trajectory at that time, I believe them. I also have a very heavy diamond upline, diamond, double diamond, double diamond. And I kind of get lost in the crowd because they have these massive teams. And then there you have, I'm not seeing abandonment issues. So here comes some more stuff. So we just, I, just, I mean, we I, already have like a hundred thoughts and a hundred models. I know. I am that time. person with yeah. a thousand tabs open. What I'm sort my, of what I'm sort of curious about is if you could get coaching on, like if you would pay me, like, let's just say if you're well, like, about Emily, to pay you everything. <laughs> if you're like, if you're like, I'll pay you a thousand dollars to fix this one thing in my life. Okay. What, what so, would you say is the thing that's like the, the biggest contributor? Like, this is why all of this is a problem for me. I don't, I think the biggest thing is like, I was listening to one. So I'm having to drive a lot because of the hand surgery. They canceled my surgery five days before. And so I switched to Brian and I'm on the road a lot now. So I started listening to the podcast while I'm driving and, um, you had talked to someone like, is it easier to quit the business? And like you said, give yourself compassion. And I'm in a place of despair. Um, hold on. I have to, I'm on pain meds and they dry out my mouth. I'm sorry. That's oh, fine. I just told Sean to bring me a cough drop in water. So we're on the same page. Okay. <laughs> and I'm living literally for the last 19 months on a sofa due to the last three surgeries that I've had. And the spine injury, I can't put a laptop up. I can't, the hand surgery, I can barely swipe. The power play, I have to have the business succeed because at any moment, the stuff that's just happened this week, I told my therapist, I'm ready for a cardboard box. You said, I have to have... Did you say I have to have the power play? Did you mean I have to make my business work? Is that my husband actually said the best thing that could happen to him was my business to fail. And that was three years ago. Okay. Okay. So I need to protect myself. I've even changed my audience. You put me in a stadium. My stadium is going to be different than your stadium. Yeah. So I changed my audience while I was stuck for 19 months on a sofa. But like going to Instagram, when I took momentum movement last year, I was like, I've never really tapped into Instagram, but it's also mentally exhausting to, and I've done so. I've done online for two decades. I know how to do 
I know how to make friends online. It's what I do. But it's also, I'm 52 now and I'm tired. So then you said, show yourself compassion. Okay, I got that. But then the next thing you said was something about the person quitting. And I thought, I can't because people are sick. Not an option. I love all of the awareness that you have around what you're feeling and why you're feeling it and, and all of these things that are happening in your life. Um, and my therapist says I'm the most self-aware person she's ever met. There's lots of fun things that we can play with here. Pick one. The one that I, the one that I think I really want to hone in on that I feel like is probably going to be your thousand dollar session. Okay. Right. Is the circumstance. My husband said the best thing that could happen to him is for my business to fail because of taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the other, the other part was because of taxes. Yep. Because of taxes. Okay. Yeah. And, even though I write off thousands of dollars of taxes and okay. we don't pay anything in. Okay. So her circumstance line is literally going to be written in. My husband said, and then in parentheses, we're going to write down exactly what he said. So my husband said, the best thing that could happen to him is for my business to fail because of taxes. Well, right. he didn't add the because of taxes oh. until oh. three years later. Okay. Okay. When okay. My okay. business started to fail. I said, you we're should take be that happy. part off then. Okay. Right. We're going to take that part off. So in parentheses, in, in quotations is the best thing that could happen to him is for my business to fail. Right. Okay. Yep. And Brenda, when he said that, what did you think? I thought who would ever wish someone's dream to fail, much less someone that you love. And what's the answer to that question? I mean, a bully. I mean, he is a self-proclaimed bully. Okay. But that was in high school. So the thought that we're going to put in there is he is a bully. Would that be accurate? Yes. He said that. And then you thought he is a bully. And then what feeling came up for you when you think he is a bully? What do you feel when you think he is a bully? What one word emotion do you feel? Acknowledgement. You feel acknowledgement when you think he is a bully? I mean, it's just, it's, um, there it is. Like I want you to go. So there it is, as a thought. I want you to go back to that moment where you remember, was it a face-to-face thing? He said, oh yeah, I was cooking dinner. I'm cooking dinner. I want you to go back to that moment where you were cooking dinner and he came up to you and he Mm -hmm. said the words, the best thing that can happen to me is for your business to fail. So I'm kind of brainstorming out loud. I mean, I have a dish called civil spaghetti. I'm talking, trying to brainstorm what I can do. And And then you had this thought, right? And he's like, well, the best thing that can happen Right. And I was gut punched. And what did what emotion came up to you in that gut punch? What one word? I would emotion? say it would be um, 
Disbelief. Disbelief. Okay. And even if he had the thought, he shouldn't have expressed that thought because it's just this level of uncivilized towards a loved one. Well, it's kind of interesting here um, because that puts us into a totally different model because he shouldn't have thought that or he shouldn't have expressed that is another thought, right? And that's going to bring a whole other set of emotions. And any time that we hear ourselves say someone shouldn't have, or I shouldn't have, or someone says to us, you shouldn't have, what happens is anytime we use the word shouldn't, it automatically creates defensiveness. And then typically what happens is we mirror the same behavior of what we are seeing in front of us. Okay. Well, see, I don't, I refuse to mirror that behavior and it doesn't, it's not relevant to what we're doing here, but just as like a teaching thing for, for, for the group, that's something to be aware of when that word shouldn't comes up. But I want to take you back to this moment where you thought you're standing in front of the, you know, you're standing in front. He says to you, the best thing that could happen to him that happened to me is for your business to fail. You think he is a bully and it's like a gut punch. Yep. And your, your emotion is disbelief. Yep. And what did you do when you were feeling disbelief? I just told him, I can't believe you even said that when you know what it means to me. Mm-hmm. So and uh, I left the room. Okay. Left the room. I've taught my children that the only way that you can handle bullies is to remove yourself from their presence. And if you can't remove the, your, your physical presence, you consider the space that they're in as empty, but I could remove myself from his presence. So I left the kitchen because I was cooking dinner. I turned everything off and went into my office. And he followed me. And when you went in your office, what did you do? I cried. Anything you didn't do? Um, well, actually, we, we kind of got in a fight because it brought up taxes. Did you avoid talking to him when you felt disbelief? No, I talked to him, but I when said, you I, left I, the I room, him, I can't believe that. I can't believe what you said. No, he followed me. And then he followed you. But when you were in that disbelief, were you saying anything else or were you just walking into the room and letting thoughts go in your mind? Oh no, I just walked out of the room and then okay. he followed me. So avoided talking while going to office. Okay. And then (laughs) what was going on in your head when you were walking into the office before he did anything else? You went into the office. What was going through your head? I know you said you were thinking about like, I, you know, I teach my kids about this. I teach my kids lesson about this. Like, this is what you do when you encounter a bully. Well, we, and were you catastrophizing we, anything? Like, were you thinking nope. about like, I'm not going to be able to stay with him. Like, nope. this is an out for me. So, we're both on our third marriage. My first two husbands and I did not fight. And like my first husband, we fought towards the end. My second husband, two fights ever. Rick and his first two wives, they had screaming fights. And so when we first got together, 
I would try to engage and try to explain myself whenever we would fight. But then I realized he can't even hear me. He's just screaming. He's just fighting. So I've got, I just learned not to speak. And so I was, I just disengage. So that's where I was at a place of disengagement. And I don't want people to think, I mean, although he did hurt my feelings, I was hurt. I was in disbelief. This is my life. He knows my health was transformed more than the money. My whole thing is people need to be healed for me. And um, it's always about the stupid taxes with him. And so I was just flabbergasted. That's the word. And so that's what I was just really focused on was that disengagement because I knew if I started talking to him, I would start crying. And I hate it for people to think I'm crying because they've hurt my feelings. But a lot of it was also, how could you take something that is so precious to me, that has meant so much to me, and want it to literally die? I used to be legit crippled with canes and walkers and wheelchairs. One of the things that I think is super powerful, I mean, obviously this is a very memorized model, right? Like I have models like this with people in my life as well. And you can tell me details. You can tell me exactly how you felt, exactly what you did. You, it, you're feeling all these emotions again right now because you're going through it again with your mind, right? Well, it was a big moment. Right. And so when he, when he said those words to you and you thought, you know, he's a bully, you were at first in disbelief. Right. And that's when you left the room, you walked to the office, right? <clears throat> you were saying things to him, like in your mind, you were just like, not that you, not that this is bad or good or whatever, but a lot of judgment of him, judgment of self, a lot of, he shouldn't be doing this or this isn't what someone does. This isn't the right way to act. Like all of that validating yourself for leaving the room in your mind. Like, this is what you do. This is what I've taught my children. Um, cried, uh, avoided talking to him while you were headed to the office. Um, and also one of the other things that I notice here, and this is not, this is not a bad thing or a good thing or whatever. It's just a thing, right? It's totally right. just something that I'm observing here. And of course it would be here. Right. But a little bit of like victimizing of self here, like he's doing this to me and he is, you know, he's acting this way and that's, what's putting me in this position. Right. Right. And of course you would feel that way in this situation. It makes sense. Right. Right. And one of the results that I see from this is you sort of disengage from yourself. You think you're disengaging from him. Right. But one of the things I see is I'm disengaging from me and where I'm picking up on that is is when you said, I don't want, I didn't want to cry. I don't want to cry in front of people because they don't want them to think that they hurt my feelings. Right. And that's in a totally different model. It's a totally different thought. 
No, I don't mind crying in front of people. I didn't want to cry right then. And right then. Right. I didn't want to cry right then. Right. Right. And that's sort of like disengaging with self and not saying that you should or shouldn't just an observation of what your brain did in that moment to sort of protect itself. Right. Right. Like, I don't want to cry in this moment. Right. Because I don't want to, I don't want him to think that, you know, he hurt my feelings or whatever. Right. Right. And so one of the things that I want to empower you with is no one can hurt your feelings. The only thing that hurts our feelings is the thoughts we have about anything. Right? Like, think about it. Right. If someone does something, I have a thought about it and then I get a feeling, right? So it's not like when I have someone on my team that says to me, Emily, you're always on your phone. I think I shouldn't be. They're right. I make it mean that I'm, 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 I'm on my phone too much and that's bad and something's gone wrong. Right. And then my feelings are hurt because she shouldn't be telling me she shouldn't have an opinion about my life. Right. Now she didn't hurt my feelings. Who hurt my feelings in that situation? I hurt my feelings with the thoughts I had about it. Right. Well, and she could have also just been stating a fact. You made a judgment. It was a thought. She was stating a thought and it was my, she was my circumstance, right? right? She said, you shouldn't be on your, you're always on your phone. I had a thought about it, that it was that, oh my gosh, you don't know me, (laughs) you know? Then defend myself. Again, defense comes up oftentimes when someone tells us shouldn't be doing something. And then defend myself. Tell her how she doesn't know anything about me and da-da-da-da-da. And that hurt my feelings. But really, she's just my circumstance. And I hurt my own feelings with my thoughts. Right. And oftentimes this is a really difficult concept for me to even make peace with and have awareness of. Because I would much rather sit and be the victim of when someone picks on me, right? I want to be like, she hurt my feelings. She shouldn't have said that. She doesn't know me. That's so much easier to process, right? Right. But instead, when we, when we sit and we just allow ourselves to feel an emotion, for example, feeling disbelief and crying from disbelief, And being in that moment of where is disbelief in my body? Like when you felt disbelief, you mentioned a gut punch. Where did you feel disbelief in your body? Uh, It was just like a gut punch, my gut. So in your your stomach. Like a breathlessness. Yeah. Just a gut punch. It was a breathlessness. Yeah, a breathlessness in the stomach or gut, right? Was it fast or slow? Fast. And what color was it? Punch. Okay. And what color was it? Smoky gray. Smoky gray. She knows it so well. I've been listening to the podcast, honey. She knows it so well, right? We have these memorized models of events that have happened in our life. I mean, (laughs) 
I have so many. I, we all do, right? Like there we go being human again. There our brain goes making sense of what happened and why we felt that way and fixing it. But the only result that comes when we think he is a bully is possibly I'm disengaging from me and what I'm feeling in that moment. And it makes sense, right? Because we're trying to protect ourselves. I'm not going to engage in it. Well, right. and then I ended up having to engage in it. Right. To d- basically defend myself. Well, he wanted to try to explain himself, but there's right. no explaining that. Right. Do you, but then do, I tried to work notice, harder. Do you notice that you're disengaging from yourself here a little bit? No. When you think about that moment, and I, I, I know that it was, it, when he walked in again, that other things happened after that. Right. And it can be hard to process a feeling when new things are coming up and talking, right. Well, walking into my office made it worse because then there's the picture of my kids who at the time are high schoolers and young twenties. And there's my why staring at me, you know, so you're walking into a new set of triggers and there's that whole well there's my why you know right in my face and that's when I started crying so my head's down when he comes walking in and I'm like I have the right to not be near you and that's when the fight started right and it's like wanting to place a boundary there to have space right right breathing space because I just got sucker punched with dark smoky gray (laughs) right right and so some of the things that I think would be super powerful here is do you want to keep having this exchange with him when you feel, when you think he's a bully? No. But now we're to the point of no exchanges. mm -hmm. And what do you think about that? Well, it's very recently. In fact, today was the first time ever at lunch. We're talking this week. Um, We used to watch after dinner. We would go and watch something, some series. And then he decided he didn't like the series we were watching. So he's gotten on his headset. Um, My headset, thank you. Those are my $100 beats. And then... um, I didn't realize it at first. Like it took me two episodes before I realized he's not even watching the same thing. He's on his laptop watching YouTube. And then today at lunch, he comes home for lunch. And every day I pick up my stuff. I was listening to your podcast. I turn it on pause, pick up my stuff to go to the kitchen table and go to the bathroom, come back. And I can't find him. He's in the living room, sitting down, watching YouTube. For seven years, he comes home for lunch and we sit at the table and talk while he's home for lunch until today. And what are you making that mean? Something this week has changed drastically. Right. I'm going to find out what that is. And 
your brain is neurologically hardwired to find an efficient story as fast as possible yep. to, to give resolution for it. And yep. one of the things that I notice in myself when I do this is a lot of times, well, and it's, it's, it's a true thing that happens in our brain is whether or not we find the right answer, we will be positively rewarded with a hit of dopamine with whatever answer we find, even if it's not true. And in that process, sometimes we hurt ourselves unnecessarily. My now, problem, with we don't know is, yet because you haven't gone down that road yet. Right. Well, but, my problem with this is, is some other behavior such as the whole, his head's here, my head's here watching TV and his phone's like this. And whenever I go to shift my pillow, it becomes this. And I have abandonment issues. And honey, if you're getting ready to abandon me, I'm going to abandon you first. And I don't have my business at top notch. Mm -hmm. So when I say all of this is because of my health, it's all intertwined. Pick a problem. They are literally all intertwined. When you, and I know I'm jumping into your little intro says, do you need a life coach? I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's so many things. There's so many things that we can work on here. Right. And one of the things that I think is super powerful for you is number one, having the desire for change, right? Like you're like, I see this as a problem. I don't want to live this way anymore. Right. Cardboard box. Yeah. You're like, I'm out no matter what. Right. And sometimes, you know, our brain will, will think I'll just change the circumstance. I'll just go live in the cardboard box and that will free me of this. But the problem is we just take our brain everywhere with us that we go. So we keep all of the hurt and the thoughts and we take them with us. And so being able to sit and to look at, you know, when you think the thought he is a bully, what does that mean about you that he's a bully? Um, the, the biggest problem was the first time I allowed the behavior. And the second problem was the behavior you allow is the behavior that continues. So you're making it mean I'm allowing it? I did. Now I don't. And now that I don't, the behavior has changed, but it hasn't changed in the way that it should have. No, I wish I could control people too. Yeah. It would be make it in my mind. I, I have this belief that if I could control people, it would make it so much easier. It wouldn't make it easier, but, that's but it would have thought. at least made it, it would have right. been nice if it had made an improvement. Yeah. It would be nice if people would have wanted to improve themselves, but not everybody wants to improve themselves. Right. Which you and I both know really well. Right. And so if we can't, I quit diet Coke. I lost a hundred actual pounds. It's amazing. And it's like, all I want you to do is not be a jerk. Well, and if we could control people, we wouldn't have any of these problems, right? Right. But really all of these, all 
Like your husband is just your circumstance. I know. And then when you encounter him, you have all these thoughts about him, whether it's he's a bully or what kind of person does this, the kind of person that doesn't care for others. You know, it's always about the taxes with him. Like anytime that your brain encounters him, it is grabbing all of these thoughts about him. And whether they're it's true or not, me, it's not what? others. It's not others. Like even sure. my children right. say, right. and it, but just when we look at just you, right. Which makes it insulting and brings up abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a trigger for all of that for you. Right. Yes. And when you, when you have a situation like this, where you think, you know, he's going to leave me. No, he's not. I'm going to leave him before he leaves me. Yeah. It creates, it creates pain. Yep. And it, it's all coming from this thought. Because our, our, our feelings come from our thoughts. And so what I love to do in this situation, like, let's just grab this. Let's grab this thought of I'm not going to leave you or you're not going to leave me. I'm going to leave you first like that. You know, he's not going to leave me. So why does this thought even hurt? That's a great question. Because I have found my birth mother. Okay. She was in horrible circumstances horrible circumstances. So why does this even hurt? What's the answer to that? And I had amazing parents. Right. So your brain's like, yeah, so this shouldn't hurt. Why does it hurt though? It hurts because I think I didn't find her for years. And it has to just be conditioned to hurt out of habit. Mm -hmm. Because it took me like 33 years in tricking the state of Texas to find her. So if it only hurts because your brain is conditioned to hurt. Right. I mean, I still don't know who my biological father is because neither does she, but she actually didn't even abandon me. I was kind of taken. It's kind of thing. Kind of interesting, right? Like, I feel like you just had this incredibly brilliant thought. Right. Is why does it hurt? Right. And this is, this is what's so powerful about looking at our models without trying to fix them is she is being curious about her own belief here, right? Like she showed herself compassion. And now Brenda, you're showing yourself curiosity. And this is the first step in healing. Because when you ask yourself the question, why does it even hurt? Like my prefrontal cortex knows that like, she didn't even leave me. I never even got abandoned. I was actually taken. And, and it's like, I I was, she did give me up in a home. 
but I wasn't, she was 16 and she thought she had a boy. And I mean, there was things going there on. There were other things that you have right. found out that you're but, like, yeah, we tell ourselves that we're abandoned, but really I was conditioned to feel yeah. abandoned for 33 years. Well, and, and so it was a conditioned response yeah. to start crying that I'm this abandoned orphaned kid. And as soon as I realized I wasn't actually abandoned, in fact, Beverly said she wouldn't have even given me up for adoption if she realized she had a girl. Thank God she gave me up for adoption. And instantly the tears I felt dried up. It's kind of fascinating what our brains do because in our mind, we have this story that I'm abandoned and it's a bad thing. But then in the same sentence, you're like, thank the Lord she gave me up. Because oh, I yeah, have I've always parents. said that. That's why so I wanted like, to find her. There's this, there's this thought error happening in your brain, right? Oh, no, I've always said I wanted to find her to thank her. Right. For, yeah. But there's still this underlying issue of like, but I was abandoned. So right. we have this, and that's your lower brain talking right. to your higher brain, right? Yeah. And yep. what I want to ask you here. And then I'm going to give you, you know, a week or two to think about some of this stuff because there's a lot to unpack here. And it's don't think take... I'm, my butt doesn't hurt for the last seven <laughs> years that I never hit emerald yet. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take time to I mean, to heal. I from was it, coming right? up with Timmy and Christy, and then they kept going, and I'm still down here, barely hanging on to senior gold. But Me I'm too. thankful to be at senior gold because I could be starting at, you know senior silver. We're so. going to put that in a thought model next time. Okay. But for this time, if it, if it's, if you said that I'm been conditioned to hurt, is it possible that you could condition your brain to not hurt in the same situation? If you could, if yeah. it could be done, is it, I mean, I just did it. I just literally had tears stop welling up in my eyes. It was the strangest sensation I've ever had in my life. And so if it's possible that it can be conditioned to hurt, then it's possible that you could condition your brain to think other thoughts and believe other thoughts about yourself moving forward. Yes. I actually believe all of that. That's, that's where you take all your power back. I actually believe I have a lot, a lot, a lot of power, but between my health and my home and my business, I am bogged down in despair because my health is taking all of my energy right now. And every time that we, that we, and, and this is, yes, all of those things are true to your experience. One thousand I mean, spine surgery to hand surgery was yes. Six and a half weeks difference. Yes. And so with the medical issues that are outside of your control, right? One thing that is within your control, every time that you have this thought, he is a bully and that's why I'm in this position that I'm in. What's happening is, is you're giving all of your power away to him in that moment. even though. You're an incredibly powerful woman. Well, I've always actually known that since my first day of kindergarten. Yes. 
We won't mention that it was bringing a boy home from school and asking if he can spend the night. That's beside the point. Yeah. So should I use this opportunity where he's using the headset to literally not even engage with me to watch TV, to just come over here and work on my business at night whenever it was time for us to be in together time? I mean, I think that that's, that's for you. Only, you know, the answer to that question, right? The problem is like right now, just sitting here, my spine is on fire. Yeah. This is that conundrum I've just been in. Where do you want to, where do you want to work at night? I want to just work on the couch and watch TV in that time. Well, I can't sit up and work. I can't lay down and work. So whatever I do, I have to do through pain, Mm. which is why everything's been suffering. Right. So my whole point would be, if you're going to disengage from me, I'm going to disengage from you even further. And what, what I hope to help you see is that in your result line, every time when you pick that is I hurt me. Right. That's what I'm asking. Is that being petty? Is it? Well, my first ex-husband like you know the dead you, and I didn't do it. Answer. I had a phrase that I've actually kind of embraced and it's worked for me. And I can't tell you what it is because it has some bad words in yeah. it. But if you yeah. want to play, we can play. And I usually win it. But it's basically, let me give you a dose of your medicine and let you see how it feels. And I'm going to teach you some empathy. And we cannot make anyone feel a certain way. Well, I like to take the high road. I don't want to become that person because then I'm not true to me. Right. Right. And I think the thing like where you're going here with this curiosity of yourself where you were like, and why? Why does it hurt? Right? Like, why have I been, right? Like, I feel like the the only way to solve for this problem here is we have to be curious about why you believe what you believe and if you want to believe it anymore. Right. Because if we want to be with the whole TV thing, why does it why does that even matter? Well, I think letting yourself go there and say, what is truly bothering me about it? What am I making it mean? I mean, if he wants to do that and put the headset on, then I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. I mean, it's a little insulting to me because that was the one thing we did. Well, the lunch thing and the after TV, uh, after dinner thing, it's a little insulting because well, it's a long story, but, but you could even, you could even ask you could even ask yourself, like if our marriage was perfect and I thought everything was perfect about our marriage, would that even bother me? I don't even expect perfection. I would take 25%. But like just being curious about it, right? Like pushing yourself to be curious about it. If our relationship was exactly the way I wanted it to be, right? Like this is an exercise that I did with myself last week because I have a relationship in my life where I want that person to act a certain way and they don't. And so I wrote down a list of everything I wanted them to do and be without holding anything back. That's a long list. Like, Oh, it was, it took an entire page. Then I went on to a second page and then went on to a third page. 
Wow. And so I like, I, I want to challenge you to do that this week. I want you to just, and you don't, please don't give it. I mean, I guess if you want to give it to him, you can, it's your, well, my my first thought was, (laughs) I I never hold a pen right now. I never, I never, I I have no intention to give this list to anyone or to show it to anyone. Right. Right. It was just for you. The reason of doing this list is for you to write down exactly how you think he should behave and why. And then after you do that, having a conversation with yourself about if he did all those things, how would I feel? And my guess is you're probably going to feel pretty content and in control. My first thought was smothered. Smothered. Interesting. So interesting. I had a husband that was extremely attentive. So let's just start there with this. I have these notes. Next time I coach you, we can pull it back up because we know we're going to work on this model for some time here. We don't know how long it's going to take to work through it, but there's some really solidified beliefs here and it's just you and your humanness. I mean, the biggest thing for me today was the abandonment thing. That was huge. Yes. Huge. And also that has defined me for 50 years. Right. And it probably is going to define you until we stop believing that you're abandoned. Well, I think today was just a kick in the front door right there. Moment. Yeah. Right. And just remember when we, when we say things like my business can't be successful because of him or, um, or if he were just, if he, if, if, and again, I say this with all extreme sensitivity because this is not, I'm just offering these as like things we can do in our mind. Right. But no, I, I can't work because my back hurts. Like Yes, it's a fact. You have these medical issues. They hurt, right. whatever. But when we choose the thought, because of this, I can't, it's we give all of our power away to that thing outside of us. Right. And then in our action line, <coughs> sorry, it's my cough. I'm not, I'm not laughing. Just a second. Let me put another one in. Quit laughing at me, Emily. Then when we, <laughs> you know me, then when, um, then when we, when we choose that, we get feelings that we take action from that do not serve us, that result in us giving our power away and, and not, ha- not having our own power. And so having the awareness that that is what's happening here so that you can be like, I don't want to believe that anymore. When he says those words to me, instead of picking the thought, he's a bully, I can think, so what? Right. So what am I, I mean, if he doesn't so have what, any power over me, it doesn't matter if he's a bully. Well, and, and we just have to get to that place where, where we don't, where we just have to be curious around that. And so where, where I'd like you to start or where I think it would be useful to start is write down exactly. And we call this the manual. We all have manuals for ourselves, for others. And even if you wrote out this list and handed it to him, which I wouldn't recommend, but even if you did, he still couldn't perfectly live it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's no way, right? And but he then would he, have, he would write a list for me too. And I probably yes, didn't even want to see it because he has a manual on you and you have right. a manual on him. I am and, not living up to his expectation right. for sure. Yes. And I am going to, in my email next Friday, instead of the recordings, because we'll get recordings today. And then I have a teaching video that comes with it today, but next week we won't have any, any, um, recordings. I will just have a, a teaching video for you all on manuals and what a manual is a relationship manual and a little tip with it. Because Mm -hmm. when you start realizing that you have manuals for other people and they have manuals for you and you don't have to behave according to their manual and they are not going to behave according to your manual. Wow. There's a lot of freedom that comes from that. And a lot of processing that we do because of it, right? So your goal for the next week and a half is to write down exactly what you wish he would do. I mean, every be as detailed as you possibly can. Just I need a week and a half to write it down. That's fine. Yeah, probably so. Maybe longer. We don't know, right? So you just write it all down. Yeah. You write it all down. Oh, well you could even like voice text it into something because of your, because you can't write it. But you could, right. you could just voice text it out in a note, note on your phone. If that would well, be, I think I'm actually going to try to write it. It's probably good hand therapy, but also very totally up to you. Journal like, like yes. journaling yes. is yes. So therapeutic. And yes. And so, so, so in doing that, when you finish it, I, I want you to burn then it. ask yourself the question. You can burn it. That's fine. Like let it go, like release it into the universe. Yeah. There you go. You're going to know, like, ask yourself some questions about it first though. Be right. like, and if he behaved in this way, would I be happy? Probably right. not because right. who is responsible for your happiness? Me, myself and I. That's all it. All three of those personalities. But right now we're, you're giving all of your power away to him and being like, and this is just what I'm observing is like, if you weren't this way, I could be more successful. If you weren't this way, I could be happier. And you know, that's not true, but there's some of that coming up in what your brain is doing. I actually do think it would actually be true. And it 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 could be, we don't know because we haven't done it yet. I guess. And it will never be possible to know. I mean, to have all of that, that would be written down. Of course not. But to have someone supportive, someone loving, someone to actually want to be with you. But what's so powerful for you is that all you need to be happy is you wanting to be with you. Oh, absolutely. And you know that and you understand yeah. it. I actually do like myself. Yes. Thank goodness. But <laughs> some people don't like themselves. Right. But one of the thoughts that I always say to people like this in my life, in my head, is I can't stand my thoughts when I'm around you. You know, some people are like, oh, good line. Hold on, it, I'm writing that it's down. It's not me, it's you. And I'm like, no, no, it's it, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Literally, I can't. Like, I did a post about it on my Instagram handle. If you're not following me there yet, I am at Emily Gibson Coaching. Oh, I of course follow you. Okay, and um, and I did a post on it of it's not 
I, I can't stand my thoughts when I'm around you because that's all it is. Like you like yourself when you're not around him, but when you're around him, there's all this discord and it's because of the thoughts that are going on in your mind. And I'm not saying you should or shouldn't have these thoughts when you're around him, but, but beginning to question yourself, do I want to believe this when I'm around him? Do I want to think this when I'm around him? Because when I do, this is the experience it's creating for me. And in my result, it's, I give my power away or I'm not connecting with myself or I'm not happy or I hurt me. Right. And so that's, that's where you take all your power back is in your thoughts. And there's no, and, and something that, <laughs> that my coach pointed out for me this last week is that what I do then is I say, yeah, and I, it shouldn't be taking me this long to get through this. And it's just not useful to then beat ourselves up about how long it's taking us to do it. It actually takes us longer to get through it. If we tell ourselves this shouldn't be taking so long, like I'm smarter than this. Why can't I like, why is it still bothering me? Right. So thank you for sharing today, Brenda. I, a lot of people are going to benefit from your vulnerability here. Well, and a lot of people don't even see it, even though I've got a big plexus following because we only show our highlight reel. Right. And you know, that's what we love about, that's what we love about thought coaching, right? That's why we all love listening to these is because you get to see what's beyond the thought, what's beyond the highlight reel, right? Right. And this is going to also give them a little bit, since you honed in on this, it's going to give them maybe a little something different that they might be relating to that doesn't have anything to do with their team or their business. Well, but it's all intertwined, like you said. It is very intertwined. I love it. All right. Thank thank you you so much for your breakthrough on the help. You you. are so welcome. Okay. We are going to have, we have time left. We're going to coach Abigail. Abigail, do you want to unmute yourself? Hey. (laughs) It's your turn. Okay. Well, look, I didn't even know there was a podcast until last two days ago. <laughs> so I'm very much not prepared. Also, I'm not going to put the the thing on right now because I'm breastfeeding. So sorry. Oh, it's totally fine. And again, you never have to be prepared. You can show up to this and not have anything prepared and I will do all the heavy lifting for you. So don't ever feel like you have to be prepared. Well, Trisha just love- told me that you were doing this. So I hurried up and I signed up because <laughs> I've been having major anxiety. So I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And then I found out there was a podcast. And then when she started with, I listen to the podcast, I was like, oh no. No, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to at all. It's just something fun to do if you want to like get more, you know? So I'm so excited for you. And how old is your baby? Um, I have a one-year-old who will be two in December, but Arthur is um, 14 weeks now. So. I nursed all my babies, so I know how that goes. <laughs> He's my flexus baby. He's the, this flexus is the reason why I get to breastfeed this time. So that's amazing. That was my result too. I'm so happy for you. Thanks. Okay. I only had it for my last one though. Okay. Tell me a little bit, tell me what's going on and what can I help you with today? Okay. So I 
have done all the legwork myself to get to senior gold. Last month, I did not re-rank senior gold. And I knew that was going to happen because most of the people that I'm dealing with right now are just not consistent. So they're moving their dates back. It's not just that they quit. It's just that they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So that's frustrating. But um, I need this business to work. And so far it has worked really well. When I first started, I mean, I was signing like 20 to 30 people in a month, but that slowed down because I'm more in like a warm market. And now I'm needing to get more into finding people that I don't know, like from Instagram. And I have major anxiety about messaging people. I actually bought or joined y'all momentum movement thing. And I didn't do it. (laughs) I'm kind of embarrassed now. I didn't do it because I'm just like, I don't want a cool message at all. And I had major anxiety about it. So give me one. Sorry. Somebody's here. You're fine. Don't worry about it. But yeah, I have major anxiety. One of the things that, um, that I, we had just had a retreat for 80 women this last week. And in my breakout session, I talked about how the reason that I am where I am in my business is because of old messaging and posting regularly. And I know that there are feelings around cold messaging for a lot of people. And I had a lot of them myself, right? And so one of the things I want to ask you is why do you not like cold messaging? Like, what's the thought about it? Gonna get back to us in a minute. I can tell. Somebody came to her door, I think. Hey, sorry, I have a daycare. Okay, yeah, it's fine. So what um so when what, you when you sit down and you think I don't like cold messaging, right? Mm-hmm. You don't like it. You said you just don't like it. I, I don't like it. I have major anxiety about it because why? Tell me why. I guess it stems from there's so much negativity towards it and MLMs and in general. Um, I know I don't even like know these people that I would be, well, I started off by doing it to a few people that I know didn't get good results with that. And I'm just like, I don't know these people. So it's like, who are you to come in here and just like randomly message me? And I try to build relationships first, but the thing is a lot of people, like they're not consistent, like especially on Instagram. And, um, I just find like, I just don't know them well enough to be able to ask them those types of things, I guess is the best way to explain it. Okay. So when you think, and I'm, I'm helping, I'm taking a few extra steps today, you guys, because I want you to see how I build a model so that when you start working on this over the next week and a half while I'm gone, you can sort of see 
what the circumstance is, what the thought is that I'm grabbing so that when you do it for yourself, you can have a little bit more awareness there. So her circumstances, cold messaging, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's neutral, cold messaging, sending direct messages. The reason that I know it's neutral is because when I think about it, like I have different thoughts. She has different thoughts, but it's still just there. It's boring, cold messaging. It's boring. It's there's no juicy details. It's just cold messaging. And then she has this thought about it. I don't know them well enough to message them. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. And when you think I don't know them well enough to message them, what do you feel? A one word emotion. Fear, I guess. Fear. And when you feel fear, when you think I don't know them well enough to message them, what do you, what do you do next? Nothing. (laughs) What does nothing look like for you? Well, okay. It's not, well, it's not nothing in the sense that I do absolutely nothing. I just basically keep doing what I do every day. I talk about stuff in my stories on Instagram. I'll post, um, but I don't cold message. So you'll do a post, you'll do some stories, you avoid messaging them all together or not not always. There's a few people that I have just consistently been trying to build relationships with. And I do, I have like tried out the whole cold messaging thing with someone that I built a good relationship with and it just didn't work out. So that was just like, oh, nope. So you avoid so, messaging them about your product. Yeah. Like basically like, I don't want to sound salesy because that's not even most of the time, whenever I'm talking to them, it's not even just to make, get a sale or get an ambassador or whatever. It's really because I see stuff like this one particular person, she literally lives on monster and Starbucks mm-hmm. and she's always complaining about how she's tired. So basically it's because I want to help, but I don't want then to be like, oh, you're just talking to me because you want to make a sale type thing. Aren't you? No, not really. Not all the time. Because I know I'm selling something. And when I message someone about it, I'm literally messaging them just to make a sale. I don't do that all the time. I'm going to say it that way. I do. I guess I do want to make a sale, but. And what's wrong with that? Nothing really. I just don't want them to think that's the only reason. Because these, why would that be a problem? Because I don't know these people. (laughs) So what? There's like judgment there that I don't want to happen. I don't know. So we worry about judgment of others here as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Being human again. Right. Yes. Yeah. We all do this. We all do this. And everyone that's listening to this, they're like, me too. And the questions that I'm asking you are, are not to get, they're not rhetorical because when we stop and we slow down what our brain is actually doing, And we find the answer as to why we really don't know them well enough to message them. We can see that when we pick that thought, I don't know them well enough to message them. I'm have fear. 
And from fear, I do stories, I post, I avoid messaging them about my product. I'm so sorry that my dog is barking, you guys. And I don't think Sean is here. So we're just gonna have to listen to Cosette bark. She's gonna have her debut on the podcast. She's all good. But when we do stories and we post and we avoid messaging and we, we avoid messing about our, our product and we worry about what they're going to think about us, Cosette, come. And we worry about these things. What happens is, is I don't show up as me. Do you see anything else going on there as your result? No, like, okay, wait, what do you mean by show up as me? So <coughs> when I ask, I feel you, like I show up a good bit. It's just, I don't, yes, I don't want to lead with a salesy question type thing. And, and why not? I guess it stems back from the judgment that people get LMs. I, I, that's what it keeps coming back to in my head is because everybody really judges them and like they don't work. And like I had a situation yesterday where I kind of shared a little bit of one of my, my trainer posted a before and after. And I had somebody message me and be like, oh, so you talk about these products all the time and you're talking about healing and weight loss with these products, but all you're doing is camp. You're not doing anything. You're just lying to people. And I'm like, um, no, <laughs> you don't know my story. So no, but, and what if they're, what if they're right about all of that? So, but I mean, they're not. So one of the thoughts that I love to grab for myself in those situations is it's okay for them to be wrong about me. Because a lot of times when we start entertaining these thoughts of someone said that, you know, those MLM things, someone said that those MLM things and they're all a scam and da, 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 and whatever, whatever else you said in that moment, when we defend ourselves, oftentimes it's because in our head, we're going like, maybe they're right but I'm going to prove to them that they're wrong. And what I want to encourage you to do is question yourself and be like, maybe, could be, but that's not how I do my business. But I don't even have to convince them because it's okay for them to be wrong about me. What's coming up for you about that? Kind of like, duh, <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why, I basically, I guess, like, why am I stressing out of it so much? Like, so this is great because you just naturally went to curiosity of yourself here, which is what I teach, right? First, give compassion to yourself. Like, of course you'd feel this way. You never planned on doing an MLM, right? No. Nope. So of course you feel this way. And then curiosity, it comes next. So why, why am I letting this upset me? 
what is wrong with it? Like, what's the answer to that? Nothing really. Well, your, your prefrontal cortex is like, yeah, there's nothing wrong. We, we know that, but like, what's wrong with it? If they're right, what does it mean about you? If all those things are true and you are a network marketer and all those things that they think. Well, they're not right about most of it, but even if like just the network marketing part, like, so what, like, okay, I do, you work in a job, you literally have a CEO over you. It's the same thing. Yeah. So do you want to believe those things about network marketing that those people said? No, not really. <laughs> it just like, I, I really don't know. Like I start sending messages and I erase them like all the time. Like, I'm just like, nope, not going to do it. Like can't do it. But I because guess that's you're, what- because you're worried about making those things true in your life. Right. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't send the message because I don't want to be in that group of those people that are the bad network marketers that someone believes, but I don't want to be in that group. So I'm not going to send the messages because I don't want to be categorized in that group. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what's going on in your brain. Right. Yeah. Because like you scroll through Instagram and you people that literally talk about cold messaging and that that's not the way things are done anymore. So I guess like I've been putting, putting that into like a bad category. Do you want to know what my thought is on those people that say that? Sure. They never got to the top of any network marketing company. And I would love to see their credentials because anyone that's at the top of their network marketing company is going to tell you that the way they got there is by cold messaging people and following up in direct messages and posting regularly. It worked in 2015. It worked in 2016. It worked in 2017. It worked in 2018. It worked in 2019. It worked in 2020. And it's still working in 2021. It's also what I did to be a top rated podcast on our debut day to get 500 people to listen in one day. I cold messaged everyone I have ever known in my whole life, a copy and paste message. And then I sent them a voice message. It took me 12 hours. Because direct messaging moves the needle. So what if it doesn't? Like, what if I literally spend 12 hours cold messaging and get like not one person interested? What if Because I know I do it too. Yeah. What if, what if, what if that happens? Then what, what does that mean? It didn't work for me or just keep going. I don't like you could choose the thought. It doesn't work for me. You could. Do you want to choose that thought? In my head, I'm like, just send the messages And even if they don't answer, they might be looking at you and eventually they'll come back to you. But do I just keep finding people and just keep doing it, even though I'm not seeing results from it? Like, that's like, because I have tried it, not with that many people. It was like about 50 and I've gotten nothing. (laughs) How do you know? How do you know if it works or not? (laughs) 
well, for me, at least answering me would be a sign that it would work for me. It's kind of interesting when we do that because we're relying on someone else to prove our success when we do that. And in that moment, we're giving all of our power away and putting it in their lap. And we're saying, I'm only successful if you respond in this way. Yeah. Basically, that's what I do. Just being human. There you go again. Is it possible that success is measured in other ways? Well, yeah. How so? Well, I guess one of those ways would be like me just doing the thing in general that I didn't want to do. And knowing that I did it, that success, even if I don't see what I want to see from it right away. Have you heard me talk about learning to ride a unicycle before? Yeah, the beginning of the moment's a movement that I did not finish. <laughs> okay. Okay. I so embarrassed. It's it's okay. <laughs> I literally just had all the anxiety in the world, I'm just like phew, didn't do it. Okay. What I want to what I want to offer to you is that if I told you it was going to take 12 hours to learn to ride a unicycle, just 12 hours, then every single hour and minute up to that 12 hours is a failure. Is it not? Yeah. And so you learn how to do it. Right. So when you ask yourself this question, like, what if I spend all day sending messages and I don't get any result? And I just keep doing it till I can get the result I want. Kind of interesting here. Let me share an example. <coughs> the day that I launched my podcast, Apple podcast was not updating any comments or the reviews. It showed zero for 12 hours zero. And I had nothing to measure if my launch was a success or not. And I went to lunch with a friend and I said to her, you know what? I don't have anything to show for what we did today, but I know that hundreds of people listened and loved it. And I don't have anything to show for it, but it was a total success. Like what we did was perfect execution. I could feel it and I have nothing to show for it. And at the end of the day, I went to bed and I was like, that's such a bummer that like nobody's comments saved, but I'm so, so proud of what we did today and how exciting it was. And then it wasn't for three more days that they all showed up and I was like, oh, that's so cool. But I didn't register my success based off of the comments and the ratings. And the, the reason, <coughs> the reason why I want to point that out is if you continue to seek validation 
in what is defined success based off of how other people respond, you will continually be disappointed and unfulfilled. Yep, it's true. And I'm not saying you don't need to see results because <coughs> I get it. We need to see enrollments. We need to see people responding. We need to see our points going up to rank up and hit the next rank and goals are important. But when we do them from a place of, I'm just going to have to keep doing this until people start responding and then I'll know I'm doing it right. When we do it from that place, we're always going to end up feeling dissatisfied and, and doubting ourselves on if we're doing it right. Because right now you're like, yep, I'll just do it, but I don't know if it's working. So I'll just keep going, but I'm doubting myself the whole time. And when you're doubting yourself the whole time, my guess is that you're not going to be able to stick with it very long because your brain is programmed to conserve energy, avoid discomfort and seek pleasure. And it's going to be like, oh, this sucks. I'm out. I'm just going to go do my stories and post and all the other things that give me a dopamine hit and feel much better in the moment. And it's not even that you're necessarily buffering, like you're getting all of your work done, right? But when you're avoiding sending messages because you're not sure if it's going to work or not, or because you don't know them well enough to message, your result is I judge me. Because you're worried that they're judging you. Yep. What do you think? That's exactly what I've been doing. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Do you want to keep doing that? No, I don't. What do you want to do? I want to just go try and see what happens after that and just say that I'm successful in doing that. But your brain's going to be like, you're a liar because you don't believe that yet. Right. Oh, the success part. Yeah. I don't truly believe yet, but I'm going to work towards it. (laughs) Right. But we don't believe it yet. So we're like, if we tell ourselves I'm a success, keep going. We're going to be like, Well, so this is where we can like start with compassion, right? And we can come up with something that's like, yeah, I don't know them well enough to message them, which means if they think I'm a network marketer, I'll never see them again anyway. Yeah, probably so. Right? (laughs) Could that also be true? It could. And so sometimes if I'm trying to like move in the direction of believing something different, I'll tack on something to the end as like a bridge to walk across. Because my old thought, it's there and it's memorized. And it's like, yep, I'm afraid of X, Y, and Z. 
I don't know them well enough to message them, which is nice because if they ignore me, I don't ever have to see them again. Yep. And when you think that tied onto the end, what do you feel? It's not as bad. What comes up? What's the feeling that comes up when you think, which is nice because if they ignore me, I never have to see them again. What, what feeling comes up? Relief. Relief. And from relief, we might be able to be like, might send the wrong message, might send the right message. I know my intentions either way. Yep. You like that one? Yeah. Write it down. Might send the right message, might send the wrong message. Either way, I know my intentions. And then also noticing here that your brain is having like some pretty intense black and white thinking. And I'm encouraging it a little bit, but I want to, because I'm trying to help you move from one belief to the next, right? But black and white thinking is like when there's a right or a wrong. Yep. And it feels so heavy. It's like, oh my gosh, there's like, like there's some paralysis here happening for you. And some catastrophizing. It's like, oh my gosh, if I send the wrong message, then this will happen and I'll never get ahead. But right now you're not getting ahead anyway. Just staying in that little circle. Right. Judging yourself. For something that someone else believes that you really don't believe, but you sort of are believing and feeding into. And it's like, oh my gosh, why do I do this? Because I'm human. So when your brain says that, like, why are we thinking this? Be like, there I go, being human again. Another thing I like to say to myself is, look at the silly things my brain thinks about my life. Look at what I do. Look what I did there. Compassion, then curiosity. Why am I doing that? And sometimes your brain might be like, because you're so weak. And be like, yeah, sometimes. Human. All right. Well, I'm going to do it. I know it. But I'm going to do it. <laughs> but when we do it from a place of changing our beliefs with more compassion for ourselves, more curiosity from ourselves, what you're going to start to see is you're going to start to change the way you think. Because I remember when I used to have fears around cold messaging and I would sit and I would think, oh, why can't this just be on the shelf at a store so I could just go buy it there? 
I don't want to have to do network marketing. And then I went through a phase where I was like, this is the best thing ever. I sell this. I make money. I sell it and I make money and people buy it for me, but I don't want anyone to know I'm trying to sell them something. I don't want to be that person that's like, you know, salesy. And then now I'm at the point where I'm like, I want all your money, all of you. I'm selling something. I hope you buy it. Here's why you need to buy it. It's going to make me money. I'm going to show you how to make money. It's like the best thing ever. Do you want to do it? And some people are like, no. I'm like, cool. What about you? And sometimes I cry about it still because I'm human. Right? But when we change these beliefs in ourselves and we begin to realize, like, I'm actually really proud that I sell something. Totally selling it. Trying to sell it to you. I want your money. Because I want to redo my bathroom. And the outside of my house. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But if there is in your mind, then that's where you get to go have curiosity around. Why is there something wrong with it? If I'm trying to sell something, what's wrong with that? And let your brain answer it instead of being like nothing. That's the right answer. I'm supposed to give the teacher be like, what's wrong with that? You shouldn't sell things to people. Why not? Because it's wrong. Why? Because you should go get a real job. What's a real job? Go work nine to five somewhere. Pay to put your kids in daycare. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I actually really like being at home with my dog in my office, in my workout clothes. Is it possible that that's a real job? Maybe. And just like, let your brain do that. But we're always like, oh, we have to give the teacher the right answer. And I'm not even talking about me. You're the teacher. Right? Yep. Yeah. Super powerful. Abigail, you did so good. I can't wait to see what you do with this. Okay. Write these things out and then come back to coaching and you can listen. You can go back and listen to all the episodes up until now. Well, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Okay, guys, we are going to take a break, but you can catch up on all. I think there's, I think today's the 15th episode. It will go up on the podcast today. And then I'll be back on the 16th and 17th of September. You'll get an email from me this Friday and you'll, with a teaching message on models, you'll, you'll get one today and then you'll get one next Friday with a teaching lesson on models. Every Friday has a feel it Friday teaching lesson along with all the recordings from the week, but next Friday there won't be recordings because I'll have been in Mexico. So I have a pre-scheduled message on models for next week's email. Then the week after we'll have two week, two recordings with another message. All right. Love doing this with you. Cannot wait to see you do your models. Put your thoughts into a model. If you can, if you can't just write down your thoughts, be aware of your thoughts, start there. 
if you want to start putting it into a model, watch the watch or listen to the replay of this where I teach about how to know what goes into what goes into each line of the model. Share the podcast with someone who could benefit from this. I hope you will, because I know that this is going to change not only your life, but anyone's life that you bring it to. Bye guys. Who is your life coach? If you don't have one, I would be so honored to be your coach. I've created a virtual program called Beyond the Rank that I want to invite you to join me in. We can address challenges, we can work on goals, and we can do it in so many different ways. We have group coaching, individual private coaching, and hundreds of hours of online courses and content that I'm creating just for you. When you're ready to take what you're learning on the podcast to the 10X level, then come check out Beyond the Rank at emilygibsoncoaching.com.